let you watch that? Who let you watch that? Who let you watch that? Podcast, 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 podcast. Testing one, two, three. Testing one, two, three. One, two, three, four, five, six. That's too many. Thank too you for, many things. Thank you for subscribing to the podcast where we count all the numbers. Hello there. Welcome to another episode of Who Let You Watch That? The podcast where we discuss the trauma of our youth through movies or something to that effect. We relive it as well, but we're we're going to discuss it too. We're doing all sorts of things on this podcast. That's what we do. Anyway, <laughs> welcome to another episode of Who Let You Watch That. It's a podcast. We talk about movies. My name is Andy, and my name is Gabe. We're friends. We've known each other for years. We get together. We talk about what it was like growing up on the the mean streets of the '80s and '90s. Not on the mean streets, but in the mean streets. You know what I'm saying. You're subscribing yeah. to this. You know what's going on. Uh, this is the yeah. podcast where we talk about movies that someone from our youth let us watch. Was that a good idea? Well, we're going to find out. We're going to relive these, these traumas that we had, and we're, we're going to discuss them. Today, oh, my friends, my lovely, lovely little tiny baby friends, we got a movie for you that is Unbelievable. A movie that I can't believe was ever made, and a movie that I'm excited to talk to you about. Gabe, Gabe, this this is you brought this movie to my attention. Gabe, give me the name of this movie. This movie is called Nine and a Half Weeks, and uh, yes, I had to bring it to the table, Andy. This is a movie I saw when I was ten years old. We will get into the whole story, uh, but. Uh, it's probably not on most people's radar <laughs> with good reason. I have but seen, this movie is important. I have seen so many movies in my life and I I didn't know what this movie was when you told me about it. I thought you wanted to talk about that movie with Hugh Grant where I think he gets pregnant or something <laughs> like that. I think he he carries a baby for 9 months. I don't remember the movie. <laughs> I remember Hugh Grant was in it. I thought that was the movie that we were going to watch. And maybe no. Maybe that's why my wife was excited to watch it, too. <laughs> we should watch that one. That, that, that's a charming movie. I remember, at least I remember it being charming. Maybe it's problematic. I don't, I don't know. I think it's, uh, you're thinking of Junior and you're thinking of Notting Hill and the two of them together. <laughs> no, I think there is some movie that's vaguely Hugh Grant. I don't think he gets pregnant. I think that was only Junior when a man gets pregnant, but maybe. I don't know. I, I don't remember. He, I remember he's British. He's, he's like, I, I have a baby. I, I have a baby. I remember. That's the perfect Hugh Grant. Yeah. You <laughs> Good know, Danny DeVito's in it. You remember the movie. Anyway, we're not, talk- yeah. we're not talking about that movie today. We're talking about a movie called Nine and a Half Weeks. Uh, but before we get into that, um, Gabe, do you have any new business on hand or – I just jumped in my new business. No, Andy, I'm good. I have nothing since last week. You go ahead. All right, so check this out. New business. This is the segment of the episode where we're going to talk about, number one, we're going to talk about our merchandise. We're going to be laying all that on you. We're also going to be talking about things where we messed up or things that we forgot or, I don't know, just anything. This is where we make up for lost time. 
So what yeah. I'm going to do in this segment today is I want to tell you a quick story um, about RoboCop again last that we discussed last week. Um, yeah. uh, a quick little story about when I met uh, Kirkwood Smith, uh, the man who played Clarence Bodiger, the bad guy from RoboCop, the, the true hero of the movie. Yeah, the greatest movie villain slash hero of all time. Um, and I just wanted to, I and us just having fun and talking about that movie, uh, I forgot to tell a, a story I wanted to tell you of when I, I met him at a, a baseball game. We went to spring training. We're in Arizona where all spring training baseball takes place. It was probably were like... Were you a kid or you? this is as you were an adult? This was me as a grown adult. So I was there with my wife. We're okay. walking around the concourse. I think we just got a beer, you know, spent way too much money on a beer and enjoying it, taking a sip. And it was one of those things where we're walking around and I, and I turn around and I turn around on the concourse and boom, I run face to face, basically bump into him with Kirkwood Smith. And I turn and in this poor man's face, he's an old man now. Um, mm-hmm. I yell. He was an old man in the 80s. <laughs> he was an old man in the 80s. Now he's an older man, you know, 30 years after the fact. And I run into him, bump him, and I look at him. Oh, excuse me. Stare him right in the face and yell in this poor man's face. You're Clarence Bodiger. <laughs> to which he just makes like a, a smirk, huh? And he goes, usually I get red for red foreman. And I'm like, no, you are you are my hero. You are Clarence Bodiger. You you, you played like the greatest bad guy ever. He's just like, oh yeah, and I'm I just awestruck, like, oh, uh you, you like baseball, huh? <laughs> just like <laughs> Yeah, I'm here to watch a game. And I was like, oh, that's fantastic. He's wearing a little fedora. And I'm just like, he's got he's a... wearing a fedora? He's wearing a little tiny, like, fedora or... Like a novelty one? It's, like, super small? <laughs> I mean, it might not be a fedora. I don't know the type of the hat. It's not an Indiana Jones hat, but it's, a, like, a Cuban hat. What's that sort of hat called? It's a fedora. Right? Okay. So yeah. he's, he's wearing, like, a fedora, and um, he's got a beard. He's got, like, a scruffy beard. And it was just uh-huh. one of those things... No one would recognize this man as either Red Foreman or Clarence Bodiger, but I knew who it was. So I'm like, hey, let me get a picture with you. So he, Shannon, my wife, Shannon, take this picture. So she snaps a picture and it's on an old like iPhone. So I have this great picture of me and Clarence Bodiger there at Angel Spring Training. Very happy and I met my hero. Moral of the story is meet your heroes and yell in their faces. <laughs> Dude, we have been friends for such a long time. I don't think I've heard that story, and I definitely haven't seen that picture. Dude, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll throw it up on our Instagram. Make sure you follow oh. our Instagram at... Please do. Who, What's the handle? Who who let you pod at Instagram.Instagram. Thank you so much. <laughs> Is that how Instagram works? So, I, uh, yeah, I don't know. Okay. I don't own a computer. We'll, we'll, throw, that, we'll uh. throw that picture up there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway, that's a rad story. Very worthy of new business. Yeah. So that's the new business segment where we get into new business, which is usually old business. Now let's get on to today's episode. <laughs> <laughs> ah. Anyway, here comes the juices. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> what? Your juices. <laughs> <laughs> so dumb. Love it. Nine minutes in, and we're off off the rails, everybody. Off, Thank you very much. <laughs> off the rails on a juicy train. So I want to talk to you about this movie, Nine and a Half Weeks. We're going to get into the, the 
the gritty, the nitty, the nipply, all the itties that are out there. We're going to get into them in this movie. Way to, way to just, like a gentleman, you just glided past titty. <laughs> Come on. I'm a man of the, the 2020s. Okay. I am not. I am definitely a man of 1986. <laughs> we are when both, Nine and a Half Weeks was made we're, or released. <laughs> that's why we're doing this podcast. We're, we're, we're shedding all our 1990s skin and becoming men of the present day or something. I don't know. It's a good goal. Yeah. <laughs> so um, every week we're going to do this little thing that we do together. We're Gabe, I'm going to ask you, this is your movie of the week. Can you describe this movie or give me the plot in five words or less? Five words or less. Okay. So I know this is a segment. I knew it was going to be my week to do it, but I purposely did not write anything down because I wanted this to be spur of the moment. <laughs> I wanted it to just come from my soul. So I have five or, five or less. Okay. I want to do the poetic thing and say in one word this movie gross that's <laughs> but it doesn't tell you enough but that is truly like what came to my mind what came from my heart is just gross just so gross uh, <laughs> but i'll go with i'll go with uh delighted blonde gets horribly abused <laughs> Five words. Absolutely perfect. <laughs> yeah. The woman is like literally clapping like a child when she sees a robotic chicken pooping out eggs. Like she she just claps. It. And I'm sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. But <laughs> The greatest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. But I mean. Chicken pie. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's insane. It's insane, man. This everything about this movie. Um, it is. It's. Oh, man. It's a ride. And. Cool. Uh, we're we're going to get into it. But anyway, there there it is in five. Uh, Andy, can you tell us a little bit more about this movie, please? So, so the, uh, according to uh, the Internet, the real story of this movie is it's a story about a woman becoming involved with a man she barely knows. Complications develop during their sexual escapades. Ooh, sexcapades. This is, you know how, like, Especially back in the the eighties and the nineties, I feel like there was always like a movie that would be um, marketed as a, a sexual thriller. Yes, it was just like this is the newest sexual thriller, and they would oh yeah sexual thriller. This movie's <laughs> yeah. not a thriller, but it is just sexual. <laughs> like just, it's incredibly sexual. It's a psychological thriller. This is. Uh, this movie is something else. If you went through, I mean, just watching it, you have suffered trauma, <laughs> regardless of your age, sexual preferences, anything. Uh, but can you imagine living through this like <laughs> Kim Basinger did, Bassinger Basinger? Bad. She was Basinger until, uh, <laughs> I would say, like five years after Batman came out. And then I heard people say Bassinger. So I'm just going to keep calling her Basinger. I think, and then probably somebody asked her, how, how do you pronounce your name? And she's like, actually, it's pronounced this way. <laughs> oh, yeah. we should have asked you. Sorry. Is that what it is? Is, is the true pronunciation, pronunciation uh, Bassinger? I, Kim Basinger, right? Ba ba Bassinger? I thought it was Basinger. 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 
Yeah, anyway. We'll call her Kimmy B. Kimmy. Good old, good yeah. old Kim, Kimmy B. <laughs> yeah. So that's what the movie's about. I mean, do you want to tell us a little bit more about it? Or are we just, we're going to discuss it we're so just, much. I mean, we can probably just move on. <laughs> let's, let's move on. Let's get into the background of this movie. Gabe, what do we got? All right. So uh, released in 1986, directed by Adrian Lynn. Uh, Mr. Lynn also directed such sexual thrillers as <laughs> Fatal Attraction <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Jacob's Ladder. <laughs> I mean, not so much sexual in that one. I mean, there's some weird. I mean, that's that's a psychological thriller. Oh yeah, yeah. Sex- I mean, I, I think his first his first big one was like Foxes with Jodie Foster. Yeah. Um, uh, what else did that flash dance he did? Oh yeah, flash dance. Flash dance was great. Um, I mean, this this guy definitely has. Uh, <laughs> he has his niche. Yeah, <laughs> he knows what he likes. He's just like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make things kind of brutal for my actors. I'm going to <laughs> cast women in a pretty uh, weak light. <laughs> like this dude is just into it. Uh, man, holy smokes. So anyway. Uh, based off of the novel, uh, that's supposed to be <laughs> yeah. autobiographical and incredibly uh, explicit by Elizabeth McNeil, um, which is the same name, Nine and a Half Weeks. She was in an insanely abusive relationship, and at the end of the Nine and a Half Weeks, uh, she was hospitalized. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, holy smokes. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, we had um, one of the producers was Mr. Zalman King, and um, if his name is not familiar, good job, you're a well-adjusted human. If you do know his name, it's because you were a horny kid in the 80s and 90s and you watched the Red Shoe Diaries and Wild Orchids <laughs> and anything that was on Cinemax, HBO, and had boobs in it. Uh, that dude was a part of it. So uh, surprise, surprise, he was a producer on this film as well. Um, yeah, exactly. And then the stars are, uh, of course... Miss Bassinger, uh, Miss Nine and a Half Weeks herself, and then the most handsome young man I have ever seen in my life, Mickey Rourke. <laughs> we need to take a moment on this man. This is somebody. I, this guy is literally the most handsome man I have ever seen. When he yeah, first appeared same. on screen, I, I know Mickey Rourke now. Like yeah. I, I know him as Sin City. The wrestler, just grizzled, beat up, boxer face, drug riddled, drug ridden, just. <laughs> He's riddled and ridden. Yeah, just, he looks like a beat up sub sandwich from a New York deli. <laughs> I mean, I don't, want, I don't want to be mean to the gentleman, you know? Like, these. Oh, certainly not. No, <laughs> nothing you said is mean. <laughs> but first, I've always looked like this. And if I looked like Mickey Rourke as a child or as a young man in my 20s, and if I look like that and now I look like this, I'd make fun of myself too. Because Yeah, fair. He was an Adonis. This yeah, man had that's a, the word for him. Yeah. This man had a jawline like – it was incredible. Yeah. This man was painted. <laughs> he was – he was literally like – the, he was the ma- amalgamation of like every handsome jock mm-hmm. in every like uh, John Hughes movie, like the the handsome leading man, the jock, the one that all the the gals swoon over. That was this this Mickey Rourke in like 
the coolest like like navy pea coat trench coat thing with the collar popped like yeah. the entire time like just rad just just dude doing it every day he doesn't speak for like i don't know the first 30 minutes of the movie before he finally decides to start whispering he's just yeah th- and then at which point he whispers and still only says 15 things yeah. the entire movie he's just popping out behind like doorways and just like you see side of part of his face and like looking over something just like looking at kim just like Yep. Being, being sexy and smirking and it's just like man what the heck i mean i put myself in kim's shoes many times watching this movie and it's like i would have done all the weird stuff too uh, with that guy like five feet away from me yeah. and i'm very straight married happily married but man i didn't need to say that that was dumb <laughs> obviously i'll say i'm i'm straight i'm not that straight yeah, I know, but the dude, the dude was breathtaking the entire time, and I'm like, that's how he got away with it, and that's also why I think my mother, spoiler alert, said this movie was great and let me watch it <laughs> because I think she was blinded by his his handsomeness and charm. You know what, Gabe? Welcome to the Mickey Rourke podcast, where every week we discuss <laughs> Mickey Rourke from now on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what else you got for me? You got anything else? No, because there's there's a lot of trivia. There's a lot of fun yeah. stuff. But basically, those are our actors. Those are the main players. You know, that's that's uh, who who brought the movie. Yeah. We to, could go through the rest of the cast, but nobody else is in this movie. Just right. It's exactly. It's, it's Mickey and Kim. That's all that yeah. matters. And the, yeah, there's there's a cast of like 400 other people <laughs> that most don't say anything. Uh, there's also 900 like gross men who catcall yeah. poor Kim Basinger the entire movie. I, I don't um, think those are actors. I think that was just yeah, <laughs> New right. York in the eighties and they just happened to catch it on the film. Speaking of at the beginning, uh, there is when we're, when we're introduced to her and we see her walking on a crowded street, there is a dude with a pipe in his mouth running at full <laughs> speed. And I was like, Oh, I forgot this movie starts with like a chase. There has to be something crazy. Nope, just a dude, probably late for work, like coked out of his mind with a pipe in his mouth, like just running. Gabe, this movie starts of just shots of New York, and it it that's our other character in this movie, New York, oh, yeah. and oh, just yeah. how dirty and disgusting this New York. Of the, I've I've never been to New York, but I've heard New York of the eighties and nineties was a different planet. Of just like murder and disgusting, yeah. this yeah. and just <laughs> death and trash, and that—that's what's on film here. And right, they, yeah. They yeah, decide it's certainly to, represented in this movie. <laughs> they decide to set a sexual thriller in the filthiest yeah. place possible. <laughs> yeah, uh, from from the year uh, two thousand and nine until now, I've been to New York uh, probably a dozen times or more. And it's lovely. It's yeah. wonderful. The uh, people are friendly and fancy. Uh, it's just great. It's it's just a wonderful place. It is not the place that is depicted in this movie, <laughs> which was, I guess, the reality until yeah, like ninety seven or something. Yeah, until you know? they they did something. I don't know. Gentrified. I believe they blew it all up they, and they just they, rebuilt they it. They gentrified it or something. I think. Yeah, they did like something that. like that and put up billboards. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
The only other thing that I wrote down as far as the background is just the music of this movie. Is oh, yeah. This soundtrack, Gabe, is full. This is a, a who's who of who was, man. This soundtrack is, <laughs> it is, listen to some of these names. We got Corey Hart, Brian Ferry, Joe Cocker. We got yep. Duran Duran's bass player. Not old Duran Duran, just Duran Duran's <laughs> bass player. John Taylor wrote the main like song for this movie. And uh, uh, <laughs> this soundtrack, the music in this movie is insane on top of everything else. Just because yes. there's horrible things going on, but it's just fun 80s synthy stuff over it. You're yeah. Like, what is happening? This yeah, the is, music doesn't fit for one second. This is a fever dream. This yeah. is insane. <laughs> yeah. And then the score was written by uh, this guy, Jack Nietzsche. Um, who, the philosopher? Uh, <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess he was a composer. I, I don't know too much about him, but he wrote for like One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and The Exorcist. But I don't think he wrote like the main Exorcist thing. Oh, but okay. I think he worked on it. and But he, he did win an Academy Award. He wrote that uh, Up Where We Belong song from the um, Officer and a Gentleman movie. Oh man, yeah, that's such an inspirational song. Yeah, why didn't he do something like that for this movie? <laughs> but don't worry, we got the bass player from Duran Duran. He's gonna fill in, fill in those holes. <laughs> I mean, shots fired against the bass player from Duran Duran. As I was looking this up, I was like, oh wow, Duran Duran is on the soundtrack too. Oh, oh no, it's huh? They just got got the bass player. It's the only one that was free and. I mean, this was 86, you know, they, Duran Duran was, they were hungry. Oh, dude, they, they were the biggest thing. Them and Depeche Mode were yeah. like the biggest thing on earth. So it's not surprising that they, but they did have, I mean, yeah, John Taylor and all those other, those are some big names. They had the Eurythmics, right? The Eurythmics I think so, yeah. did a song in there. I think they did the song when Kim Basinger masturbates in a basement. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> spoiler alert, that's a scene. <laughs> God, there's some filthy stuff in this movie. Yep, and we're gonna talk about it. So, <laughs> so you want to jump into the next part? You want to? Yeah, yeah. The, so, how, how I saw this the story. How, how did you see this movie? Tell me the story when you saw this for the first time. I mean, maybe I should get. I'll jump in a little bit. This is this is your movie. You're telling you're telling it. Usually we go back and forth. When yeah. did I see this movie? I saw this movie yesterday for the first time. I was a grown man. <laughs> So, Gabe, please tell me when you saw this movie. Well, uh, well, Andrew, I'm I'm almost 40 years old, so uh, I saw this movie a long time ago. I saw this movie when I was 10, um, and I was I was doing the math, and I think I think I was 10. Obviously, I mean, a lot of this this will be a common theme as we talk to uh, each other and to guests about uh, these crazy movies. I don't think anyone's going to have an exact. Uh, recollection of I was precisely eight unless you watched the, a movie on your birthday or something yeah. but I'm I'm fairly certain I was 10 and I was in fourth grade and uh, I'll set the scene here my friends so our podcast again is who let you watch that so it's as much as we're going to talk about the movie we're going to talk about uh, you know growing up and all these fun things uh, and you're probably going to get to know our parents fairly well so yeah. in this episode we're going to meet my mom and my mom is awesome. My mom is still with us, and my mom is still very much a part of my life. She's always been a very fun, awesome theater lady, 
And uh, when I was a little kid, her job was she was like the head of uh, of hair and makeup for this theater company in Orange County. And um, as a result, as a little dude, she would take me all the time um, to like the uh, the dress rehearsals. And I saw a million plays and musicals and everything growing up from before I can even remember until I was probably like, I don't know, 12, I think is when she quit that job. Um, and it was awesome. It was the greatest thing ever. Like it was the greatest thing ever for my confidence. Cause my mom would be in this room full of incredibly gorgeous half naked women, like getting ready. And there I was a little boy, like sitting on, on like the, in the makeup chair next to them and having them like, you know, be like, you know, they were polite and they were sweet yeah, yeah, yeah. and they were like, Oh, he's so cute. Especially when I was little, I was like the cutest. I looked like, like a young Ricky Ricardo when I was little, you know? And so they like pinched my cheeks and they were always so sweet and, and kind to me. So it, I loved it. It was my favorite thing on earth to go there and to hang out with these ladies. It gave me an incredible, uh, appreciation for the female body. I really, I really loved, I loved everything about women at a young age. And I don't mean to make it just sexual obviously there was that too i'm i'm you know i i really enjoyed that even when i was little i was like this is great these ladies are pretty um, but, yeah yeah but also like i i've i've always gravitate i have i have you know a lot of female friends and i just i've always loved ladies i love shopping with my wife i i, I mean this movie and before it just all this has affected me so much but <laughs> That that moment, I had to bring that up because it's like that's such a, a a formative piece of my my life. Like you know, that sculpted me going to, with my mom uh, to the. It's a different name now, but back yeah. then I think it was the South Coast Performing Arts Center. Okay, and, and yeah, and doing that like you know, at least once a week, but usually three or four times a week with yeah. my mom, uh, and it was awesome. So that's. That was my reality all the time, friends. Okay. And that's who my mom is. Super fun lady, like, um, very religious household. Um, but always never like God will punish us. It was always like, God loves you and that's awesome. And life is great. So be cool to everybody. So not, not like an oppressive, uh, you know, hit with a ruler on the knuckles, religious household, like a very fun, loving religious household. Um, but, uh, it, it was, there was this weird thing where on one hand, my mom would be like, yeah, we're going to go to this. And yeah, those girls are in bras and underwear and it's fine. Everything's okay. <laughs> but then there was the, <laughs> then there was like the guilt part of it, especially when I got a little older where it's just like, we can watch movies with guys getting their heads blown off and F words. But if there's tits, you better close your eyes, you know? And of course my mother would never say tits ever, but uh, you know, <laughs> but that, but that's what it was. It was always so weird. Um, so, so we're going to flash forward now to this movie to nine and a half weeks. Um, we never went to the movies like ever as a family or, or ever. I mean, I, I think we saw, you know, a few giant things like Disney, whatever's and Jurassic park, of course, and Mm -hmm. all that. But anyway, um, so we would rent movies constantly. And I think I talked about it last week, Mr. and Mrs. Chin, uh, their video store was like the magic other world. And every Friday, my dad would go rent like five movies and bring them home. Oh, yeah. and we'd be so stoked. When I got slightly older, I got to pick a movie 
Uh, and then when I got even older, like I'd say probably 13, 14, I would just go ride my bike over there and I could rent whatever I wanted because they never cared. They were just the coolest husband and wife shopkeepers. They were the best. Anyway. Uh, they were just trying to make a sale. Exactly. Yeah. They, they didn't care. <laughs> rent whatever kid. Yeah, honestly, they're just like, I don't care. Um, no, once he did reprimand me, and that's for another episode, because <laughs> I rented a softcore movie, and uh, he, he, he like kind of shook his finger, but he still let me rent it, so he's great. He's a great guy. Anyway. He needed that money. Uh, so, sorry? He needed that money. He yeah, oh yeah, he needed that. I think back then it was 75 cents, so... Um, no late fees, by the way. Love those guys. Yeah. Um, so we rented my, uh, they would rent movies all the time and my parents were, you know, busy. They both worked a yeah. ton. Um, it was me and my sister. My sister's four years younger than I, so I'm, than I am. So, you know, she didn't watch anything. Um, but regularly they would rent movies, watch one or two like Friday night, Saturday afternoon, and then inevitably like not watch the other three. You know, who just kind of sit there. And uh, this was one that my mom had heard about. I heard her. I remember distinctly her talking because probably because Mickey Rourke was a dreamboat at the time. But I just I remember her like talking to my dad about this. And I, this was not 1986 when we saw this. So there's a very good chance my mother and father saw this like on a date. You know, yeah. whatever. I was born in 82. So. You know, this movie was four years old when, uh, yeah, uh, this, no, I was four years old when this movie came out, is what I'm trying to say. Uh, so this was much later. Obviously, I mean, it was on it was on VHS, so it had to be a few years later. Um, and uh, so I assume they had seen it together. But my mom, basically, they, they rented this movie, and it was there. And I will never forget this. Growing up, we had, like, four movies. We had four, like, VHS tapes. That weren't recorded off the TV. We had a million that were just oh, yeah, recorded yeah. off the TV. <laughs> we so big. Yeah, with commercials and stuff. <laughs> but one of those movies was Fatal Attraction. Okay. And I remember seeing Fatal Attraction at a very young age, too. But the only thing I could really remember was, like, she killed a bunny, and that really bummed me out. That, um, yeah, that's the same thing for me. Yeah, I remember yeah. Glenn Close kills the bunny. Right, it's exactly. A, and you in were, the pot. Right, yeah. <laughs> and you were so on the nose, like sexual thrillers were like the thing mm -hmm. and that was a thing that like i think my mom and dad were into like oh we'll watch the i think i think everybody back yeah. then liked them because they made so many of them i guess i don't know but it was like oh yeah we made these these sexual thrillers for adults and they're gonna watch them because it's yeah. a, an adult thing to do so we had fatal attraction i know that was a thing and my my parents rented this movie. My mom talked very positively about it. And I remember distinctly, and I, I called her and asked her about this too, and she was like, oh, that's a great movie. <laughs> like, my mom has blocked it out of her mind that it's, like, not a great movie. Oh my she hasn't seen it in probably 30 yeah. years. But she's like, oh, yeah, that's a great movie. Like, Mickey Rourke and Kim Basinger, like, they're incredible together. It's like The chemistry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so but i remember like as a kid she was like oh oh man this movie's great i don't believe she said that to me but i know she said it like oh this movie's great and uh <laughs> so it's a friday my dad has it in the stack of movies and he 
this was a weird time in my parents' life where my dad was like transitioning to working nights. He worked at Disneyland forever, mm-hmm. and he was like gonna he was working nights. So it was basically like picked us up from school. My mom's about to go work on a Friday night at the at the theater. So it's like peace out, mom. Have a good night. It's the afternoon. My dad's going to sleep because he's gonna wake up and go. You know later when she gets home, he's basically gonna go to work and. uh my sister's six so she's like playing with whatever in her room i freaking go yeah this movie's good cool let's put it on and i put on nine and a half weeks at 10 years old i'm sitting in the living room by myself this movie comes on and you know it's like honestly the beginning is is just weird and, and terrible and whatever but um i don't think much of it because a lot of every awesome 80s movie kind of starts like this it's like you meet the character almost all of it takes place in new york it's like everything was in new york or la or chicago yeah and it's all gritty and it all sucks and then you meet a character and the music is fun and it's great and then boobs happen (laughs) (laughs) and i just i remember Kim, kim basinger is gorgeous she's gorgeous in this movie although i don't Love that she always looks like she's been crying and and hurt. Uh, so watching it as an adult, it's certainly not as fun as when I was a kid and I was so naive. But she's incredibly gorgeous, and I was just enamored. I was like, oh, "This, I love this woman. She's so beautiful." And I know for a fact I had seen Batman before seeing this movie. Okay, so yeah. I was just like, Hell yeah, the chick from Batman, and she's naked. What? This is insane. My mind is blown. I can't believe it. And I watched this movie, and it was like, clearly, I didn't grasp any of it, but there was enough boobs in it and enough weird, sexy stuff that I was like, I'm on board, and I'm not going to (laughs) blink. So I remember I watched most of the movie and my dad gets up to like get a soda or something like or a drink or whatever and then he's going to go back to bed and he sees me watching this movie <laughs> he had no idea what i was watching but it was it was one of these things where very vividly i remember he walks in i'm watching something it's not a boob scene it's just like a whatever scene and my dad being like turn that shit off <laughs> and i'm like what <laughs> Like what? No, this is this is okay. And he's like, turn that off. So I didn't get to finish it. Now, in rewatching it as an adult, I watched the, I watched the whole movie as ten. <laughs> like he told me to turn it off basically at the end when they're having their like goodbye conversation. <laughs> I had seen the whole movie, but I turned it off and set it to rewind. And there you go. Maybe that's why he wanted you to turn it off at that point. He was just like. You don't need to see them break up, like. Yeah, it's like that. That's gonna hurt you too much. <laughs> that's gonna hurt. Yeah. <laughs> so 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 there's the story of you know the ten year old watching it by myself and my dad basically ruining the end of the movie saying to turn it <laughs> off. But but still no like, son, are you okay? You just watched an insanely psychologically disturbing movie with unhealthy sexual relationships. Let me talk you through what you just saw. It was like, turn that off. Go play with G.I. Joe's or whatever. I'm going back to bed. <laughs> I need a couple more hours, kid. Yeah, totally. It was like, I have to work. Oh, so. my God. I mean, at, yeah, so. at 10 years old, though, man, like, <laughs> you're in that weird gray area of, like, you could be left alone for a little while. And, like, wow. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was, like, 
you know, the door was locked and we lived in a safe neighborhood. And I mean, honestly, my parents were super overprotective. So it's like, you know, I was, I was hanging out watching TV. I was watching something I shouldn't yeah. watch, certainly. <laughs> but it was like, eh, my dad's like in the next room. It's fine. <laughs> Jeez, man. What in the world? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, like. So that's what it was. That was that. That is my story of seeing this movie. That is who let me watch it. Uh, my mom giving me the endorsement, not saying specifically go ahead and watch this, but my mom specifically saying that the movie was good uh, to, you know, at least within earshot of her young child. They rented it, and then she bounced, and my dad went to sleep. So it's like, what do you think I'm going to do? I'm going to put on this movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He said it's good. It's the chick from Batman. <laughs> Dude. So, like, I don't have anything to, like – I didn't see this movie as a kid. You know, I, like I said, I saw this as a 36-year-old man. So I don't have anything to, like, you know, kind of go back to or anything. You know, the only thing that I could do is kind of, like, compare it to, you know, those movies like – Fatal Attraction or Basic Instinct or, yeah. you know, the sexual thrillers or like as I was watching it and kind of like knowing that you had seen it as a kid, I was thinking of like those things that I would watch as a kid as you would get yeah, a weekend free of HBO or Cinemax, you know, uh, mm-hmm. those sorts of things that they would do. And you'd be like, oh, and that's when you would buy like 17 VHS tapes and, <laughs> yeah. and you would record every single movie that was on there. Hey, they're yeah. playing Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Now we own Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. This is great. <laughs> totally. <laughs> and you would get like six movies on, or maybe not six, but like three or four movies on one VHS tape, you know? Yep, yeah. Um, <laughs> That's but, why they made the eight-hour VHS tape. Yeah, so we can get, you know, all these movies. And then yeah. like three-fourths of the way of um, Five Goes West, you know? Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> whoops, we don't have the ending, whatever. Whatever happens to that rat, who knows? Um <laughs> But, like, it reminded me even of, like, the, there was a show on HBO um, back in the day, like, Real Sex, you know? That was, like, oh, a, yeah. Yeah. It was like a really sexy show that you would learn about, like, real-life stuff. And I remember as a kid, like, being up, you know, maybe not a kid, maybe an early teen, a preteen even, and just, like, being in my room and, like, watching that for a little bit. Like, oh, there's, like, these ladies talking about dildos or something like that. And you would be like, <laughs> yeah. this is this is crazy. Like, you know, watching the door the whole time because you're super afraid that like they're <laughs> yeah. going to come in. But like this movie, like that, yeah, there's some boobs and some, and some sexual stuff in there. I, I, I don't have the stuff that goes over my head because I'm watching this all just like, Oh no. Like, <laughs> yeah. What is this movie? <laughs> this is, this is just all trauma for <laughs> for a two-hour-long movie, just constant yeah, it's trauma. Yeah, it's two hours long, man. Of uh, psychological sexual warfare on poor Kim Bessinger. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah um, it was. It was. It, it was intense. It was. It was gnarly. I, the, it's the only thing that I care. So I hadn't seen this movie since I was ten. I watched it also yesterday uh, yeah. for this podcast, and. I was I was mortified. I was like, I cannot believe I saw this as a child. <laughs> like, I cannot believe that I saw this. But I remembered every sex scene vividly. Like, clearly, that burned into my memory. That was just like it's it's still there. Like the scene where she's pleasuring herself, uh, where Kim Basinger is pleasuring herself in the art gallery basement while she's looking at 
very unsexy slides, <laughs> like slides that are just so unsexy. It's but a, she gets super turned on. It's it's just like uh, I don't know uh, a, a kid with a crown or something, and then she's just. Oh yeah, that's the one that sets her off. Just yeah, starts getting and then down like to a it. big head. Yeah, just a head. And it's just like, what the hell is this? Yeah. <laughs> she. Like, my thought for that scene is she was like, "Oh, this sucks. This is so boring. Art from the early '80s, except for Geiger, totally blows. <laughs> this sucks. Uh, you know what's what doesn't suck is beaten off. I'm just gonna flick my bean for a minute here, and she just like goes to town. <laughs> I got some puts her legs up. That's a recurring theme, by the way. She puts her legs up on the wall and luxuriates <laughs> anywhere, really. Yeah, you can but especially sh- on walls. She does that a lot. She's like, I'm going to put my feet up on the wall, and I'm going to do this. <laughs> <laughs> so you want to get to the next, like, how, so Gabe, how does a movie like this affect you? Like, how does oh. this, how does this leave an imprint and just create the man that we have? That I'm speaking with you, one of my best friends. What, <laughs> what does this do to my friend? Thanks, man. Great question, and I love you too. Um, this movie was one of the first, if not the first, where it's definitely the first where I saw this type of sex and mm-hmm. the, these types of relationships unfold. Uh, and the relationships, I mean, the the psychological gnarly stuff kind of washed over me. I was a kid and, you know, definitely didn't pick up on most of that. And I was really, from this moment on, I became like sex obsessed. Like, <laughs> obsessed i was just like i was 10 but i was like i might as well have been like 14 16 somewhere in there because i was just like oh my goodness gracious like the 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 quest for for finding another boob was like all that mattered and you know and certainly not a real boob i was 10 but like anywhere where you could find anything it was like we didn't get Victoria's Secret catalogs at the house, but we got, you know, the 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 mailers from, like, JCPenney and stuff. So Sears or I, whatever, yeah. Yeah, Sears catalogs and all that. So I would be like, oh, awesome. Bras ripped out, <laughs> hidden in my room. Yeah. Like, that started that, like, right away. It was like anything like that, they'd just be hidden. And I have, I have such a bad memory, dude, and especially as a kid, I would hide that stuff. And forget about it 100%. Oh my, my mom would yes. be cleaning my room and be like, why are there so many of these things? Because I think she knew, like, I was too young to be, like, you know, abusing myself. Let's just, we'll, yeah. we'll call it that. Um, and I and definitely I was way too young. I did not do yeah. that at that age. Uh, but Dude, I, oh. yeah, but I, but I had this, like, cash <laughs> in every place where you could hide it in my room. I had just so many of these, you know, bra and, and panty that, ads that's what it was too it was like ads from target or whatever it was you yeah know, just like it was, oh and, and they, there's that they weren't page. sexy it no. wasn't anything sexy. it was just like yeah it's utilitarian it was like it was underwear you know, yeah it's, yes exactly it's like hey you're a woman this is what women wear like yeah. it's totally fine you know occasionally there'd be like oh this is a a sexier cut and you see more butt cheek but yeah. i mean like th- that was it it was just yeah. normal stuff but yeah that <laughs> The the reason I told the uh, the theater thing too is because that's a huge part of I think what made me sex obsessed when I was older too. It was just like being around beautiful women wearing very little, giving me tons of attention and praise. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I like I like that when girls are <laughs> naked. Like, the, I feel great. You know, it's wonderful. 
So this movie, seeing like the lady from Batman, who I thought was pretty, but whatever. When I saw Batman, I wasn't thinking about girls. I was yeah. like, Batman's awesome. Look at him <laughs> kick everyone's butt. Yeah, you're thinking you know? about Batman, and but also, hey, who's that? Yeah. Yeah, but all yeah, it was like Vicky Vale is very pretty, you know. And then here she is in this movie having so much weird sex, and it's like that's rad. So that was the thing, and that like unfortunately led in my teenage years where I was just an animal, uh, just needed to find anything that was sexy in my free time. Uh, honestly, I mean, I, I just, I, I had like the secret shame of like, you know, ramping that up. So having the Sears catalogs, but also like, you know, I'd be with friends like in the woods and you'd find like a crumpled porno and I'd be Always. like, yeah, that's weird. I'm going to totally throw it away and then take it. You know? Always in the wood, woods. Always. Always just crumpled up, disgusting yeah. porno in the woods. Exactly. This movie and a few others like led me on that, like down that path of like, I have to find boobs and I have to see, and one day I'll see real boobs <laughs> and my head will explode. <laughs> and when I did, it, my head did explode, by the way. But that's for a different day. So that's that's how it affected me, dude. Um, way too much time spent talking on the, about that, but that's how it affected me. And I carried that with me for years. That was the switch. That started this whole, this whole thing. But, yeah. But you know Definitely. what? That brought us together. Yeah, it did. It truly did. <laughs> we'll get it to that. We someday. became friends in high school. We'll get it to that someday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, how would you how would you say uh, you know seeing those uh, you know Red Shoe Diaries and late night Cinemax things and stuff like you know did that do anything to you? How old were you when you were seeing those things? Dude, it was probably kind of the same thing about like ten, eleven sort of thing. I mean, yeah. I, I would probably have to think about it and ruminate on it a little bit and just try to figure out when that first like movie I saw, you know, a boob. I, I can't think of it off the top of my head. But right. definitely it was one of those things where like probably much like you, Gabe, because I mean, I'm, I'm still disgusting. I'm still gross. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. nothing We're like, men. That's what we are. But man, just like those teen years, there's definitely something where like you are just a horrible, horrible degenerate. And you just need to be locked away. But like, right. no, but I was a kind, soft man. I still am. Um, yeah. <laughs> but there's definitely like, you were talking about like those Sears catalog sort of things or just those things. Man, I remember I had, you know, I don't think it was a Victoria's Secret catalog. It might have been like a Sports Illustrated that my dad had, you know, like a swimsuit issue or something like that. Where oh, yeah. I took one. That was of those. like the holy grail, dude. And I remember, I don't even remember who was on the cover, but like I probably had one of those from like the early '90s, you know, maybe '94 or something like that. I could probably, if I yeah. looked it up, I could probably find the cover. And yeah. Like that one, it was one of those ones that was just in a pile of magazines, you know, like Red Book and other mom magazines. Yeah. And, totally. And I took that, and I was like, "This is now mine." And same, <laughs> and same thing. I wasn't young, but it was just one of those things, like opening up and looking at it and just being like, Oh, what is this? Yeah. And, yeah. They, they... And then just like, I remember my mother, I had it like in like underneath like a toy bucket. And I remember one time, like it was gone. And I was like, Oh, oh. no. And she my, found it. And my mom, yeah, she found it. She 
like sat me down and she's like talked to me and she was like, I, I understand, you know, you're curious about these sort of things. Like just, oh no, this is the worst thing that has ever happened to me in my entire life. My mother, <laughs> please, I love you, but don't talk to me about <laughs> this weird obsession thing that I would just like stare at. You know, you're young enough that you're not doing yeah. anything, but you just look at it and be like, oh, look at these. Look at that. <laughs> Look at those. And just be like a gross little kid. You know? Yeah, definitely. Uh, and so did your mom give you the talk? Definitely not in that moment. Like my parents, like we had like the talk. And my, uh. par- my parents, <laughs> we'll talk about them a lot. They, they were always a very open, um, open parents in terms of like sex and stuff like that. So like, yeah, sex was never like a weird taboo in the house or whatever. I mean, they weren't going around uh-huh. just being like naked or anything like that, but it was just like <laughs> my dad would, I mean, like, they'd have sex in front of you. I mean, of course well, <laughs> it, it was, we, we definitely heard stuff as kids, you know, it was, like, <laughs> it was just one of those things where just like, they, they were both hippie parents and that was going to happen. That was going to happen. So like, yeah, <laughs> It was just one of those things that was, you know, around the house and everything like that. So, like, it was never, like, a shameful thing, but it was definitely, like, my mom trying to be, like, open and hippie-ish and be like, I want to talk to you about what you saw. Like, no, let me be weird. <laughs> yeah. I am sorry. But I saw is mine. I will, I'm sorry. I will just go back to playing Duck Hunt and just leave me alone. <laughs> we uh, never need to talk, Mom. We never need to talk. We never need to talk. Please, just <laughs> never. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean it's very much kind of like that kind of the same same trajectory as yours you know it was definitely one of those things with like a switch being turned on and now just like the hunt has begun you know and yeah we we both we both grew up in the same city um city of orange you know and I had neighbor kids that were a little bit older than me um and those would be the kids that would be like hey you want to come into this garage and look at this magazine and like, right, you know, yeah. just like weird scumbag kids, like in the neighborhood that had like that, yeah. you know, their dad's magazine or there was a, me and my brother were just talking about the other day where we would go play hockey in this guy's garage down the street. And it wasn't about playing hockey it's because the dad had all these like calendars in the, in the garage of like, oh, uh-huh. you know, naked chicks. And it was just like, it was what brother called it like Tuesday night hockey night. He's like, hey, do you remember Tuesday night hockey night? I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, you don't remember going to that guy's garage and like looking at calendars and it just all flooded back. Like, oh my <laughs> gosh. Yes, I do. And there'd be like yeah. three kids in the neighborhood like shooting pucks into like an empty net. But the rest of like the neighborhood kids just like gawking at like these calendars on a wall. <laughs> just like being just gross kids. All right, we watched this movie recently, Andy, for the first time yesterday. Yeah. Andy, we have talked so much about the other stuff. I think we have to breeze through a lot of this, but, like, yeah. highlights, what do you think? What what came to mind when you were watching this? So the movie starts off, Gabe, and it's, I'll be quick about this. So it starts off, and the very first thing I wrote about New York again is that I have this written down right here. New York is not fucking sexy. Like, it just starts <laughs> off which is, I think there's a scene of a rat and there's yes, trash. Yes, a cat is eating a rat. And it's just, I'm like, this is supposed to be a sexy movie? And it's just, there's <laughs> just there's a, a woman, like, standing outside in, like, 
a nightgown and a dog, like waiting for the dog to shit. And like, it's just, <laughs> yeah. it, it just starts off on a bad foot. And I'm just like, what the fuck is this movie? What is happening? <laughs> and, it, you know, it, it, it goes and we meet, we meet Kim. She works in an art gallery for yeah. some reason. She's divorced. And uh, she, in this Chinese uh, market, meets the creepiest stalker dude who just kind of is staring at her. And once yes. again, and the dude just like pops up like, huh? And like, I don't think he says anything. Maybe he whispers. Um, and then he just <laughs> disappears. And like, it just starts yeah, she... off. Yeah. It just starts off on a bad foot of like, what the fuck is going on in this movie? <laughs> yeah. She, she's in there. She's going to host a dinner party with her friend mm-hmm. and they're in this Chinese market buying chicken basically they're yeah. they're buying chicken they want to buy like four or five or whatever the butcher has a problem with that because he's like oh you're cleaning me out it's like don't you want someone to buy your stuff but whatever i, I think the customer before that he gave it away for free he's like oh he it's, did it's, he it's, did this is this guy's gonna be out of business and he deserves yeah. to be yeah that guy does not a multi-generational business that dude one and done, bankrupt at 20. <laughs> He's like, giving it away. He's complaining about people buying stuff yeah. out of business. Yeah. <laughs> but you're right. Mickey Rourke is right there somehow. Like some other dude says the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. He's just like, what are you going to do with those? Yeah. I think it was oddly sexual. Like, are you going to put those chickens up your butt? <laughs> yeah. You know? That's what I thought, too. Like, you're going to put these up your butt, right? <laughs> yeah, like that was this dude. He was like, "Ah, this is my in. I'm gonna get both these dames." I'm gonna pull, I'm a, I'm a go-go I'm gonna pull guy. out old reliable. Hey, what are you gonna do with that food? <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, "We're gonna cook it, dipshit." And he's like, "Ah, oh, man, I struck out." And he leaves. And then Mickey Rourke is just there. He's just always there. Like, yeah. In this whole movie, doesn't matter where she's at. She just looks up, and Mickey Rourke is fucking there just looking at her <laughs> yeah around a corner with a smirk just smirking <laughs> yeah but again if you had a face like that you could smirk and, and you could just smirk anything's at anybody. handed to you <laughs> i was taking off my pants watching this until <laughs> yeah the, you're like all right mickey <laughs> until the sex actually started and then i put it right back on <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i didn't mean to cut you off what other observations <laughs> um they meet at they go to a farmer's market or something and you know he he like buys her this super expensive rug and then No, it's a shawl. It's a shawl. Oh, it's a shawl, that's what it was, it was a shawl. Yeah. Three hundred dollars shawl in like eighties money? That's, yeah. I uh, inflation times carry the seven, carry the doge. Ten thousand dollars shawl. You know? <laughs> and, I thought the same thing, dude. I, I thought like, the same thing. I was like, that is astronomical. What the hell? She's just going to lose it in New York. Yeah. Dude, everything was a fortune. I, I referenced it earlier. She sees this, like, wind-up chicken oh, that yes. poops little eggs. It was $40, and she's I, like, will you take 30 In my head, I was like, that's, like, $200 right now. Like, doesn't make that's sense. insane. It's New York money, though. They need yeah, to- I get everyone in New York just has so much money, especially back then. <laughs> or no money. I don't know. What's going yeah. on with the economy of the 80s? But that little chicken thing, that should have been eight bucks in today's money. 
Yeah, agreed. Agreed. So back oh, she then, was so delighted. She was so she was clapping and elated. She even giggled. It was like, what is wrong with this woman? She she has mental problems. <laughs> to which Mickey Rourke pops out from behind her shoulder and yep. says, like, I'm gonna put those eggs in your butt or something. <laughs> yeah. He whispers it. Yeah. I'm gonna put those eggs in your I'm gonna put those eggs in your butt. And she's like, Oh, let's let's start a, a Start terrorizing me sexually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she says word for word. Would you? Oh, thank you. That was so clever. Would you please start terrorizing me sexually? <laughs> and we're off to the races because right after that, they go to the the docks. Yeah, his <laughs> friend's houseboat. Yeah, to which he asked her, hey, can I put on a record? And did you, did you catch what he put on? Uh, No. He puts on Billie Holiday's record. Specifically, he starts playing the song Strange Fruit. Gabe, do you know anything about the song Strange Fruit? No, I don't know anything about it. Gabe, this is a song that Billie Holiday performs and everything. The song is about lynching. And <laughs> what? Like, the song is about Strange Fruit and this, this black woman, Billie Holiday, uh, sings it masterfully about... Strange fruit, just lynchings. This is not a sexy song. Oh, about about like black people hanging, hanging from. Hanging, oh the, my gosh! I did not pick up on that. The black people are the strange fruit, and he puts that on, and I look at my wife, and I'm like, "What?" And we just like yell at each other, like, "This is not a sexy song." Like this is his <laughs> go-to song. It's just like, "Hey, I'm gonna play the most upsetting song ever written right now for you." Let's, oh, dude, I. I missed that. I remember it was Billie Holiday, and he like shows her the record. He like displays yeah. the record when he says Billie Holiday. Yeah. But I was so blinded by the fact that he was literally laying out a clean sheet on top because he's like, "We just met. I'm going to yeah. make you juice on this. <laughs> you are about to cream all over my friend's bed. I'm gonna lay yeah. out a sheet." Right. <laughs> Which is like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, I was like, he is a maniac, but he's also oddly considerate. Yeah. That's a nice thing. If a little toy chicken that poops out eggs costs you $30, I don't want to know how much those sheets cost. (laughs) (laughs) You need to protect that. His buddy, whose buddy who's letting him use his houseboat as a bang pad, is going to be like, you fucker, John, or John, I think. John, yeah, his name's John. You fucker, John, you owe me. Eight billion dollars for my sheets. <laughs> yeah, those those sheets were imported. They were eighteen million dollars. Give me one of your seventeen TVs, and we'll call it even. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, okay. I did. I do have it written down that he lays out the fucking sheet, man. <laughs> Just it's insane, dude. Um. <laughs> um. Do we want to just keep going down the road? <laughs> yeah, I do want to say though, yeah, I noticed I missed, you know, the the Billy Holiday thing, but I did catch when he gives her the shawl and she's super surprised, he he leans over and he says, "Don't say I didn't warn you." And yeah, and I was like, "Oh. Oh my oh, god. Like we kn- <gasps> things are going to get crazy and he's like, "This is who I am." I'm gonna. I, I'm buying you this whole thing, but I'm telling you right now, this is gonna be bad. And I was like, "Oh, that's that's interesting." And I did pick up the filmmaker in me. I did pick up. He's always in black. 
He's always gray. She's in white. What? Yep. She's shot in a beautiful, like bright, flowy light, except when she's with him. She's also like dark. So mm. I was like, oh, that's interesting. That's cool. And then everything else is just trash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, that's some cool foreshadowing. That's, that's some really cool symbolism. And now garbage. <laughs> I, 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 they, I, if I'm remembering correctly, they don't they don't bang it out right there. I think she leaves. She she leaves because he, he's like he's like, isn't this crazy? Like we don't know each other. I could totally kill you, and no one oh, would yeah. even know anyway. And she's like, yeah, I should go. <laughs> yeah, and, it and was he's like, like, I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah. He's like, I'm kidding. Let's just at least bone down real quick. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, I need to go now. And she does. Good job. I already laid out the sheet. Do you expect yeah. me to put it away? <laughs> yeah, it was a single sheet. <laughs> It's going to take me minutes to fold that again. <laughs> That's a kind friend, though. Yeah, it is. He's a considerate friend. Did you notice? Have you seen Spike Lee's do the right thing? No. I've never it's okay. Seen, I've, that's, I, one of the, that's a movie that's on my, like, embarrassment list. Like, I know I should have seen this movie. Right. But, man. It's I okay. Got, we I can edit it out if you want. Game. I have some Coco Melon to watch, man, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> Yeah, There's exactly. some wiggles that I need to watch. You know, I don't have time for do the right thing. I hear you. I hear you. No. Uh. <laughs> no, but it, it's definitely one of those movies. I I need to see that movie. Yeah. What, well, what? spoiler alert, uh, because do the right thing came out a year later. Um, and the first sex scene in this movie is like shot for shot. I mean, it, it doesn't have the basically what I'm talking about is the ice cube stuff. Like the sexy ice cube running it along the body. In this movie, it's very it's it's like precursor to the disturbing stuff that's gonna happen, you know? And you're it's, so it's not it's not gross yet, in my opinion. I was like, Oh, it's definitely sexy, it's definitely erotic, like way to go, you know. I mean it's it's Kim Basinger. She's she's breathtaking and, and it's Mickey Rourke yeah. who, you know, was breathtaking. So you're like Ooh, it's sexy. It's it's fun. They do the exact same scene and do the right thing. Okay. It's like I never I didn't pick up on that because again I haven't seen this movie in a million years. But I was like, oh my gosh, it's like the exact same thing. And I went and even looked at it. Like this movie was released in '86. It was shot two years before that, and Do the Right Thing came out in '87. So I'm like, I Spike Lee had to have seen that. Yeah. And and was like, that's really sexy. Now, in my opinion, I think Spike Lee did it way better in his. Because his is two people and it's a heat wave and oh man, I mean it's very very sexy, but it's ice cube and and boobs and it's great. But uh, yeah, I just real quick, you know, Mister Lee, we see you and we know what you did. So I'm just gonna go. call you out here. There we That's go. That's all I had to say. That. <laughs> um, man, I gotta see that movie. That's on. That's on the short list. It's like that movie and. Um, I've, I've never seen Coming to America. What? <laughs> I have never. It's one of those ones. It, we'll get to that at another day. Those are Dude. Like, those are like the two movies that like I'm like insanely embarrassed that I've never seen those movies. Like it just, You should be way more embarrassed about Coming to America. That I movie know. is incredible. It's it, also quintessential 80s. It's only been out for like a couple months though, right? <laughs> yeah, in all fairness. <laughs> <laughs> coming to America. No. Yeah, coming to. I haven't seen either one. Yeah. You know, well, following, following my trend, I think I'll see the sequel first. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Um, their next date, is that the date when they go to the boardwalk and he leaves her on a Ferris wheel and she's dressed as a watered-down Annie Hall? <laughs> she's absolutely dressed like like a big, frumpy Annie Hall. <laughs> just Diane and, uh, Keaton, just like she saw that movie and went, I'm going to do my best Diane Keaton impression. And then he throws her hat away and... <laughs> That it's such a weird thing. He's like on this date and he's like, ah, ha, ha, give me your stupid hat. And he like throws her shoes in the trash and yeah. throws her hat. And she's like, no, it's New York. My hat's going to be stolen by a rat or it's going to be murdered. You know, it's like it's it, it feels like they're trying to set it up as like fun and playful. But yeah, exactly. Looking back, you're like, this dude's a fucking asshole from like, the yeah, get-go. it's like what she hits him and stuff. And that's when any woman in their right mind would be like, I'm going to turn away and I'm never going to see this human being again. Yeah. I'm going to wish death on him. He's the worst. And it's, it's one of those things where, like, you learn more and more about her where, like, oh, she's divorced and stuff like that. Is that why she's staying with this super abusive guy that's treated her like crap so far but just kind of yeah. keeps popping up, you know, just everywhere she goes? And I, I don't know, you know? Yeah, it was awful. It was like they're painting it as if, well, okay, she, you know, she went through this divorce and she herself sees her as like less than and yeah, not worthy of love or and everything. I, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it was a bummer. And you go, oh, this guy sucks. But especially, yeah. So I wrote that down too. I was like, man, if you want passion in a relationship, just leave your lady stuck up on top of a Ferris wheel for hours and hours when she's clearly like. I she believe that was real, and she legitimately had a fear of heights and was actually crying. Like, it was so <laughs> uncomfortable to watch. I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, is, is the ice scene, is that the same scene that starts when they're sitting in front of the fridge and he starts feeding her, or is that a different scene? That is a different scene, my friend. <laughs> okay. I'm <laughs> Way more disturbing. I, so my next note is about that feeding scene, man. If you do, you have any other notes on the, the ice scene? Uh, before the, that is the uh, the basement. Uh, oh, the basement. masturbation, which we already <laughs> talked about. It's incredible. Um, so yeah, please let's get into the the feeding, the eating scene. This scene, Gabe, is I. I <laughs> this scene I just wrote. The feeding scene is weird. And as the dad in me, someone needs to close that damn fridge door, dude. Like, <laughs> <laughs> totally. totally. I, was sitting, I was sitting there so mad at this fridge door just being open. And I just felt all the dadisms coming out of me. Just like, yeah. well, are we trying to cool down the whole house? Like, are we trying to light the whole house? What's yeah. going like, just he, Dude, the whole time I was like, no, honey, you're pouring honey all over her and getting on your hands. That is so hard to clean up. You're going to have ants. What are you doing? He just puts honey inside her. That's how she's going to get a UTI. And I was yeah. so. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Was, he gets honey all over his fingers and puts his fingers in her. And you go like, yeah, dude, that she needs to go see her gynecologist. They need to scrape that out or something. This is it's gonna <laughs> yeah. solidify. You know how you have like that thing of honey you haven't touched in your cupboard for, you know, months. And it's just all hard. <laughs> absolutely. It's going to do that inside her. And yeah, of this, course. This, if I know anything about female anatomy, it's that it's gonna, honey will solidify. It's going to crystallize. <laughs> <laughs> and then bees come out of the honey. We all know how honey works. And then a we bear. All know, 
Yeah, <laughs> then there'll be bears. Exactly. He just gave that woman a death sentence. He gave that woman a bear death. And in New York, they're right <laughs> up there York. at the border. They're gonna start coming Listen, there's bears everywhere. The, the Catskills, they're coming. <laughs> they're all around. But just that yeah. whole scene, like he's feeding her, like, cough syrup. And it's just <laughs> like, what the, the fuck is going on in the scene? Yeah, I, I wrote down, he starts by feeding her a black olive, which, yeah. you know, that I would say people are 50-50 on black olives. Some people yeah. like them and some people really hate them. And it's like, okay, I get that. You're starting with something like, you know, weird and kind of different. It's like, oh, that's fine. It goes straight from that to then spoonfuls <laughs> of like maraschino cherries <laughs> in, in like a, a jammy preserved yeah. stuff, like apple pie, like cherry pie filling. And I'm like, who has all this shit in their fridge? Like such <laughs> random stuff. Like, what are you doing? And also, that poor girl is gonna get a tummy ache. She's eating so many different foods. It's, it's gotta taste bad at, at that time of night. Oh yeah, exactly. She's uh -huh. gonna have diarrhea right when it comes time to have sex. Heart no one wants central. That. Someone get her a tub. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dude, poor, poor uh, tummy, Kim Basinger. And it just it goes on from just weird stuff like that. He makes her stand in the rain, and she gets sick, and then he's just feeding her soup. Yes. And he's like, what the fuck is that? He makes her stand in the rain so he can look at her, and she starts just posing. She's like, yeah, I'm cool. I just thought, like, not just my wife. My wife, who's an angel and totally would not put up with that shit, but any woman I've ever dated, if I, like, held the umbrella yeah. while they got rained on even at my best looking and I was never as good looking as, as that dude but Who is? even exactly but even in my best looking most fit in my youth I don't think I could have pulled that off where I'm just like I just I just have to look at you in the rain you're just incredible I think yeah. any woman that I dated would have been like hey asshole give me the give yeah. me that umbrella you know <laughs> That's the sort of person that I want to be around. It's just somebody who's going to tell me, like, you're a fucking idiot. Like, yeah, exactly. Same. I'm I, I'm attracted to that. Like, hey, yeah. stupid, give me that. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but, yeah, then he feeds her soup, and it's gnarly. Um, it's a serious scene. I, I thought so. I thought the, the movie, like, there's a tonal shift. Um, he goes to work. He leaves her at home. And... Mm -hmm. She just starts going through all this stuff, you know? Okay, obviously. And, like, he calls her and, like, calls her from a payphone. The guy works on Wall Street, but he's just a freaking creep. And he's just hanging out in, like, scummy parts of towns and everything. Yeah. But he calls her up. He's just like, are you looking at my stuff? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to punish you if you have. And that's when you find out, like, oh, this is, like, a milk toast. Christian Gray, Fifty Shades of Gray dude going on yep. right here. Yep, and, exactly. You know, he gets home and he's like, hey, did you look through my stuff again? I need to punish you. And she's like, yeah, I, I was. And he's like, I need to punish you. Stand up against the wall. I'm going to spank you. To which she's, she is like, fuck this. I'm out of here. Yeah. And then, like, a full-on rape happens. Yes. Just It's not like it's not like, a, oh, they, they're having sex. Like, this is where you find out, like, consent is not a part of this movie. You just, no. This not at all. I was, I, I'm, <laughs> I've seen gnarly stuff. I'm, I'm a grown-up with a mortgage and all that. I was shocked. 
yeah. when I saw that. I was like, holy shit, this dude just straight up raped her. And they they filmed it as if she's like mad at first. And then like, yeah, I'm way into this rape. Like, yeah. it was grotesque. It is upsetting. It's so just like, what is going on? And then the next morning, don't worry, it's all good because he's cracking eggs and making breakfast. Yeah, exactly. It's like, well, I made you, I made you soup. By the way, dude cannot crack an egg to save his life. He he spilled like three fourths of that shit on the stove before it even made it into the pan. The dad in me, once again, just like, yeah. someone clean up as you go. Yeah, exactly. Where's the bowl to throw the shells in, dude? You're just throwing them on the stove. Rachel Ray taught us this. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Have you learned nothing? I guess what? Food Network didn't exist back then. Ah, they were just watching what's her name, Julia Child. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that bitch. That bitch threw stuff on the floor. I didn't care. She was a spy or something, right? She didn't have time for that. She absolutely was a spy. That yeah. was proven. Yeah. <laughs> well, there we got past the the the, the most horrible scene of it. Well, I don't know. There's more horribleness that's coming, Gabe. The, <laughs> there are all. They are all horrible. The next big one that I had. That in my opinion, I mean, yeah, I don't think anything's literally worse than the th- the scene we just talked about. Okay, but uh, on a a totally different level, but man, just deeply disturbing is her saying, "I think it would be cool to be a man," and then mm-hmm. they're like, "Well, we're gonna have a twenty minute sequence where you have a mustache on your face, and I take you out, and." We're gonna be, we're gonna be like the subject of like these homophobic dudes wanting to kill us because that's what it was in New York, which yeah. is horrible and awful and depressing. But holy shit, Kim Basinger has a mustache and wears a tuxedo <laughs> and is a man for twenty minutes in this movie. Uh, it is. They go and eat and they just start making out and everyone's looking yeah. at them and mm-hmm. number one. I don't know who's looking at Kim, Bas- Kim Basinger and thinking that is a man right there. Right, because, like, exactly. <laughs> that is just Kim Basinger with a press-on mustache. Yeah, yeah. What? Like not what? even for a second does she make a convincing man. They're just like, why is that incredibly gorgeous <laughs> woman wearing that stupid shit on her lip? Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, they go and make out, and then those, that car drives by, and they yell at a slur, and um, yeah, she stands up for him and like. Hey, fuck you or something, she says. Mm-hmm. And then the guys jump out like, fuck this, hate crime. And <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we're about to commit a hate crime. And they chase them all over the city. Yeah. <laughs> or, they park their car. First of all, they turn their car sideways to block both sides of the street. <laughs> then they get out and just leave it. You don't need to chase them down. You could, you could drive them down. <laughs> but no. <laughs> yeah. I'm quicker on my feet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's New York. There's alleyways and stuff. And that scene ends with, by the way, uh, Kim Basinger getting one of the guys had a switchblade. She gets his switchblade, uh, pu- like pulls it on one of them. He's scared enough that runs away. He runs away. The other guy, she literally stabs him in the ass. And right he's like, oh, you gay people and stabbing and butts. Like, and then he runs away. Yeah. And then they're so turned on. They have greasy, wet sex <laughs> in in this like basement on stairs. It's nuts. Gabe, the sewage is just pouring. It's it's rainwater, but it's, it's, <laughs> it's pouring from drain pipes. And they're just yeah. 
fucking yeah. in the sewage water. And yes. It's, it's the. I was so scared. Just the hepatitis of the eighties. Oh. Just... They bo they bought. She got HPV. He already had syphilis. <laughs> there's just so much. There's just everyone. Herpes was raining on them. The bubonic plague from the rats. There's just. I gotta say though. She's never like, looked better. She's I, never looked better. No one has fucking gutter water quite like Kim Basinger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they're exactly. drinking the water. And they're just. It's all over them, but you're like, this is New York 80s water. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just like, that is that is the most disease-ridden thing that you could be having sex in ever, except for, like, on top of used junkie needles. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, it's just, it's nuts. Which is but probably still in sexy. the water. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, it is. Oh, gosh, it's. She stabs so the dudes. They're fucking in the sewer water, dude. <laughs> this movie just keeps going on, which is crazy sadomasochistic, like, scenes and everything. Just weird things that, like, he's, like, putting her through. They go to the, the department store, and um, <laughs> I'm going to buy you bedding or whatever. And I'm pretty sure he just eats her out on like yes i think that's what he does in front of the woman who's yeah. just trying to make a sale she works in a little closet in the bedding department in a department store she can't be bothered she's like i'm almost off you you fuckers came in five minutes to close yeah what do you exactly. want I'll give you, I'll give you anything yeah cool you're eating her out this is great yeah i mean seriously she at one point She's like, this is going to escalate into, okay, cool. Your face is, is, is in her vagina. Great. I'm just going to go write this down on my, I'm just going to finish the sale. Okay. Like, <laughs> You'd even lay down a sheet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you laid it at the houseboat. Why not that, here? That was his friend, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's true. This is some department store. Uh, yeah. I mean, honestly, we, we could go on and on. Yeah. The other, I mean, if you have something pressing, I only have one more pressing thing that I need to say about this movie. So what else, what else you got, anything, man? Go <laughs> I, I, I don't. You know, I have things written down, but I think those are the those are the big hits. You know, it comes up to the next. You know, scene they go to the hotel. There's the the sex worker he brings up there, and it just then goes into them going to a porno house where they're watching people bang on a floor. And it's, yeah. <laughs> it is that is so bad it's awful but yeah right before that scene is if you watch this scene on mute it's gotta be one of the sexiest things well no because even it's dumb but <laughs> like the strip scene so kim basinger does a strip dance a little strip tease dance for our boy john and it is it's done to the dumbest song I've you, ever heard in my life. It's like Joe Cocker leave like your hat on. leave your hat on, like take all your clothes off, but leave your sexy hat on. Like what the fuck dumb song is that? And Joe Cocker, you suck. Everything you've ever done sucks. But that song especially, go to hell, you piece of shit. I hated that stupid fucking scene. Uh the song. She was Parts of it were very sexy because she's such an, uh, an alluring woman. But I was like, this is, a, is an incredible, stunning A-list celebrity actress stripping naked 
And all I can think is like, what a stupid song. <laughs> like, what is wrong with this? The music choices in this movie are insane. Yeah. I, I have that down right here. Just I wrote down in all caps. You can leave your hat on. And yeah. it's just, yeah. what the fuck is that? You know, like, you know what, though? I'm going to try it. I'm going to put that song on one day. I'm going to see if I can get a little, a little strippy going on because that song's got to do something somewhere. <laughs> I wonder yeah, if, you, if you play it for like your parents or something like that, you know, if you're just someplace with like some boomers, like, hey, they're uh, playing a little Joe Cocker right now. We're about to get real sexy. <laughs> this is a sexy song. Leave your hat on. Yeah. Leave your hat on. Take off your panties, but your hat is on now. <laughs> All right, that's the movie. We that's honestly, the, the movie ends. She walks away. She realizes, like, what the fuck has gone on in the last nine and a half weeks? This movie feels yeah. like it was nine and a half weeks. Yes. I need, I need to get the fuck out of here. And she walks yeah. off in the distance, and he's just sad. And then the credits roll, and you get. Songs by the bass player from Duran Duran again. <laughs> yeah, the, the end. The, the end. end. There's she no... doesn't. Yeah, she doesn't go off to bigger and better. Uh, the, the, he he doesn't chase after her. There's nothing. I mean, he can't. There's a sequel. There's another nine and a half weeks where he does the same thing to another woman. Spoiler alert. Um, it's Angie Everhart. Um, it takes place in Paris. Yeah, exactly. It's incredible, but still Mickey Rourke. But it's less. Attractive Mickey Rourke. It's 1997 Mickey Rourke, dude. Yeah, it's it's Nicky Mickey Rourke that has seen some shit <laughs> and done but, some shit. Yeah, exactly. But uh, you know, uh, equally lovely, alluring woman. Uh, you know, she, she was a she was a horror uh, maven. She's fabulous. But we're not talking about that movie. We're talking about the first one, the original. <laughs> but yeah, it ends abruptly, and it's sad and you're like what did i even see and how did my mother say that movie was good <laughs> <laughs> on what level mom <laughs> so so with that you know the, the the your mom enjoying this movie she let you watch it gabe as a parent what do you think man the kids what are they gonna get to put on nine and a half weeks man if if I have it my way, they will never know this movie even exists. <laughs> they will never even they, they, I I'm I won't ever say nine and a half to them for anything. We won't yeah. if it's a if it's an answer on a piece on math homework that I need to help my kids with. They will get the problem wrong. I won't even say it. They are missing points on that one. We are not yeah. saying nine and a half in this house. <laughs> yeah, we're exactly. rounding up or down. Right. Yeah. There's. It doesn't exist. Yeah. No. There's no planet. I don't think. I don't think people that are listening to this episode should have watched it. I don't think you should go watch it afterwards. No. It is. It's all. I mean. Okay. Fine. If you're, if you're at least over thirty, watch it uh, with friends because you'll laugh and be horrified. But it is disturbing, dude. It is. <laughs> thumbs down. I, I texted you, man. I would never. I'm with you. My my son's gonna run up to me one day when he's when he's nine and a half. He's like, Dad, I'm nine and a half. Like, You're ten. You, <laughs> don't you don't you ever don't you ever say that around me. <laughs> and whatever you do, do not Google that. 
do not Google that you're nine and a half. Just, just <laughs> leave it off the, the internet. Um, no, the, my kid is. We are not gonna ever ever watch this movie. I think I might throw away Sin City. Um, <laughs> just Mickey, Burke, just wipe him away. We're gonna er- we're gonna erase him from the database because this is a movie that I don't want anyone ever to watch ever again. It has a weird cult following, and I don't know why. Like, yeah, I, it, it, I I saw that too. It's like the precursor to the Fifty Shades of Grey, and I think, I think it's it's people from our parents' generation like having an affinity for this movie because it was sexy and whatever. Yeah. What it was perceived as, I, mean, I don't know. It wasn't sexy. It was awful and terrible. <laughs> I don't care what era you're watching it in. It's awful. It but, is not a sexy movie, man. Yeah, and, you know, but I, truth be told, I've never read the Fifty Shades books or seen the Fifty Shade movie. Um, yeah, same. I haven't. I I, I've, I saw one of the movies on a plane. Couldn't make it through. I just think Dakota Johnson's beautiful, so I was like, "Yeah, I'll give it a try." But ugh, it was rough. I, I I feel like at least those movies mention consent because so much of this movie is just Mickey Rourke doing these things to Kim Basinger. Kind of without her really agreeing to anything, just kind of like this is going to happen to you, whether yeah. you like it or not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's yeah, it's it's psychological, it's psych- psychosexual warfare <laughs> where this dude is dominating this woman who has poor self esteem because of an awful divorce, and you know she's in a bad place, and this is a bad human being taking advantage of a woman. I mean, that, yeah. that's what that's, it is. It, the entire the movie. movie. <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> what is crazy too is Kim Basinger has done Basinger. Whatever, dude, I'm so sorry. I don't mean to disrespect you like that. Kim, we know you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> Send us an email at who let you pod at gmail.com yeah. and we'll get this straightened out. Yeah, we'll we'll change it. I'll 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 say it the right way every time. But um, Kimmy B said a few years later. Uh, that this is her favorite of all of her performances. I saw that too. Yeah. I can't believe that. I can't believe, I mean, look at, if I'm her and I look at it and I, I wouldn't say my my favorite performance, but if I were her, I'd be like, damn, I look so good. (laughs) You know, I would have been like, I'm incredibly beautiful. The end. Not like her performance. That's why Mickey Rourke still watches this every day. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, his mom upstairs. She's just like, Mickey, are you watching that again? He's like, Yes, mom. Because <laughs> he lives at home in his own basement. I don't know why I picture Will Ferrell yelling meatloaf. It's just Mickey Rourke. Just meatloaf. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Gabe, do you have anything else about this movie, man? Any fun little things? Or... Oh, I, you know, <clears throat> I found the same stuff that anyone else Googling this is going to find pretty easy that. Uh, there's, there's 14 hours of other, uh, of extended scenes and deleted scenes that Kim Basinger has that she doesn't want to, or she hasn't released and isn't planning on releasing that are like too disturbing for audiences and yeah. holy, 14 hours of not raw footage, but scenes that is insane to me. Yeah. I, <laughs> I don't understand that, man. Like how much... Was he constantly rolling this director? And, <laughs> I mean, they shot for six months or more. Yeah, so that's incredible, man. 
Yeah. Um, well, the first cut was five hours, like the real cut of the movie. It's like, it, what? What are you doing, dude? What no one going? wants that. <laughs> Mickey did. Yeah, Mickey, I'm sure did. <laughs> Get me looking over here. Yeah. Uh, um, I want to mention just quickly, too, how this movie performed at the uh, the Golden Razzies, the Golden Raspberry Awards. Oh, okay. Uh, it was it was nominated for three, dude. Uh, our leading lady, she was up for uh, worst actress. Oh. But she she lost to Madonna in a movie that I got to look up called Shanghai Surprise, because <laughs> um, that doesn't sound problematic at all, dude. What the <laughs> fuck is that? Um, uh, our boy uh, John Taylor, uh, Duran Duran, up for best or up for worst song. For the I do what I do, um, but that lost to uh, another movie called Lover Money from Under the Cherry Moon. Uh-huh. And the most important one, I thought, uh, it was up for worst screenplay, but it lost to a movie that is dear and near to both of us, dude. Lost to our best friend, our best movie ever, Howard the Duck. Oh, yeah. You can't. You can't. I mean, this is bad. It's, this is not Howard the Duck. Bad, good, you know? <laughs> But if we can get Kim Basinger and, um, oh my gosh, what is her name? Howard the Duck actress. Um, uh, Ca- uh, Caroline in the City. Um, Caroline in the City, yeah. Let's get them in a movie together in the 80s. Yeah. Oh, come on. Uh, Leah. Leah Remedy. <laughs> Leah Remedy. <laughs> Leah Michelle. No. It's not. No. <laughs> That's the chick from Glee, isn't it? All right, let's do Six Degrees of Howard the Duck. <laughs> oh, this is infuriating. I'm so sorry. She's in. She's the. She's uh, in. Uh, she plays Back the to duck. The future, too, right? Yeah, she's. Um, yeah, I got she's it. Marty McFly's lady and mom. <laughs> Leah Thompson. Leah Thompson. Thank there you very go. much. We literally love have two computers and a phone in front of me. I could have done that too, but I just wanted. Dude, we to live fight. in the wild west when we're podcasting. It's the wild right. west of podcasting, baby. Exactly. <laughs> um, last but not least, Gabe, you mentioned the sequel. There's also a prequel called "The First Nine and a Half Weeks" that doesn't star anybody that you know. Um, and then this movie also got the Naked Gun treatment, and there's a parody called Nine and a Half Ninjas." No way. And that I went through a couple reviews of that movie, and no one enjoys that. So that is definitely something I'm going to look up. Same. I'm going to definitely look that one up. Because it's it's one of these sorts of movies, it's like a sexual thing, but it's probably dumb naked gun jokes, you right. know, like punny sort of things, and then they fight ninjas. Sounds amazing. Can't wait. Can't believe I didn't <laughs> see it in the theaters. Andy. This movie's incredible. We've had so much fun talking about it. We're going. Dude. Oh, I mean, this is going to be a two-hour podcast. Um, recommendations, buddy. We we saw garbage. We hurt our brains. We were ruined. What can you recommend right now that you love, which is good? All right. Uh, the thing that I got right now. Um, there's a band that I I really really love called Cloud Nothings. Uh, they're like an indie, punky rock garage sort of band from uh, Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, they put out an album this year called The Shadow um, I Remember. And this thing is just, it is a fun record. It's super hooky. It's catchy. It's raw. It can be uplifting, but it's also kind of a bummer on some songs. 
if you like indie rock or garage rock, punkier sort of things, check it out. It's worth a, it's worth a spin. It's it's fun. It's it's cool. Check it out. What's what's the band again? The band is Cloud Nothings. The album is The Shadow I Remember. Came out about two months ago. Okay. S- super good. All right. Gabe, well, Gabe, what do you got? What are you recommending this week? Uh, this week, I highly recommend. Uh, it's a it's a novel that's been out for a little while. Um, I I reread it for the second time um, over the like Christmassy holiday time, and uh, it's a, it's a quick read. It's Drew McGarry's The Hike, and it is so good. I mean, it's one of my favorite books. I love it so much. Um, I I read it the first time. It took me forever to read it mm. because I read it at a hectic time in my life. So I read like the chapter here and a chapter there. And every time I'd be like, why the hell did I put this down? This is so good. It is, it's so funny. It is basically, it is a traveling salesman who is just hating life and goes for a, uh, a walk, turns into something that's a little more like a hike that he wasn't planned on, planning on. And then he goes into this, you don't know if it's a dream, an alternate dimension, or just the world is unfolding into this crazy labyrinth of stuff. But he then he then goes on this like multi-year journey, huh. where time may have stopped and may maybe not. His his uh, his uh, he's got a companion for half of his journey, and it's a a foul-mouthed little blue crab that just like hangs out with him and says the most filthy, vile stuff. And it is so insane and crazy and so fun and then hits you with these moments of like uh, especially being a dad like he he is taunted and tormented with like these thoughts of his family because he misses them so much and it's like oh my gosh like there's moments in there that like made me teary-eyed but it's Mm. called the hike drew mcgarry Okay. Dude has written some incredible stuff. Um, he, he, the Postmortal is one of his other books. That's great. Uh, I mean, I can I could talk about this dude for a while. He's amazing. He's a he's a great author, and he's still writing books. You need to check him out. But the hike came out a few years ago. Um, it is really inexpensive um, and found everywhere, and you should check it out. It's super awesome. Dude, that sounds awesome. I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna check that out. That's rad. Yeah. Drew McGarry. Drew McGarry. Yeah. Cool. Dude's Dude. awesome. Okay. Dude, did- we did it again. We did it. Episode two, bud. Um, once again, all the all the stuff, all the things. Make sure you like, follow oh, yes. us on all the social medias. Uh, who let you pod? Who, yeah, let, who you, let you pod on everything? everything. Oh, that's also at, our email. At Gmail, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. That's everything. Who let you pod? Um, also, probably do uh, subscribes and reviews probably. I think those are good. Yeah, um, at this point, it's our second episode. We've we're we're actually gonna do this. We're gonna keep doing this. So please, if you yeah, right. rate us and follow us and tell people about us, uh, yeah. then we're gonna get to make more. Yeah, I mean, we're just gonna make them until yeah. one of us are dead. Right. <laughs> yeah. Rock, that was the plan. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, that that's what we got. You know, follow us there. Do all the things like us. If you don't, that's cool too. Just pretend like you do. Yeah, you don't have to actually like us. Just give us good reviews and write nice things. Yeah. That's totally fine. <laughs> if you made it this far, you, I think you at least tolerate us. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Yeah. All right, then, Gabe. Uh, I'm going to hit him with the sign-off.
Do it, buddy. All right. So once again, you guys, this is Andy and Gabe reminding you to never watch anything in front of a child unless it's a film about the ups and downs of a modern New York relationship. Boom. Good night, everybody. Good night. <laughs> Bam. You've just heard a Doomsday Initiative podcast. Consult a physician. Oh.